my friends, this is Andy Falco Jimenez coming to you live from Orange County, California. I am the host for the California Paranalytes podcast and the president of California Paranalytes. I uh, got a great show today planned. Uh, I have a guest on today. We'll be talking about mama bears uh, and we will be talking about school boards. In particular, this one, this will be one of the First times you're not hearing me talk about Placentia Yorba School District, which is the one where my kids go to school. We'll be talking about the Conejo Valley Unified School District and, and probably some other related um, stuff around that area. Um, but uh, before I do that, I just wanted to, or before I bring Joel on, I just wanted to remind you that we have an event coming up on March uh, 14th at Novo Cafe in Westlake Village at 7 p.m. Go to the California Parent Alliance, which the the website is right down there, CaliforniaParentLines.org. Go there and um, register for the newsletter. You'll get uh, notifications. You'll get more information of where it is and, and all that type of stuff and who the speaker speakers are, which uh, uh, one case is going to be jo Joelle Mancuso, which I love her last name. Um, but she'll be speaking. I will be speaking. We got Leander Blades from the Placentia Herbal School District. We got Alex Mayer, who's going to be talking about vaccines and her work that she does with uh, the John F. Kennedy uh, Foundation. Uh, and so uh, make sure and be there. And we have other speakers, too. And we have a little meet and greet. You guys can get to know some of the people that are involved in changing our schools. So with all that being said, I'm looking forward to, again, to uh, talking to Joelle, uh, because uh, it, uh, it sounds to me that we have very similar um, walks in what has happened to, uh, you know, in our area in regard to school boards and school districts. And um, I can't wait to hear uh, a little bit more about what it is she does and what she's doing and maybe what she may have planned uh, for the Caneo Valley Unified School District. So with that, let me go ahead and bring Joelle Mancuso up. Hey, Joelle, how you doing? Hey, Andy, how are you? Fantastic. It's been a very busy day. Very busy day today. So uh, with kids, you know, we got the, it's the weekend uh, and uh, got all the kids doing sports and that kind of thing. And um, it, it's, it's those times that I spend with my kids that I realize how important it is that us parents need to be involved. That uh, for a while, for many, many years, maybe uh, several decades, we've kind of uh, stayed back in the background of uh, what's happening in our school boards and school districts because we thought that people with uh, uh, best intentions, we thought, were, were in the places that they needed to be. I, I just made the assumption. I don't know about you, but uh, Joelle, I, I want people to know a little bit about you. So if you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about you, and then, and then we'll talk about mama bears to start off with. Oh, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. I, I have been a, I've loved public education. I went to, to public I, I think I lost, may have lost you. Did I lose you? No, I just oh. was focusing on you. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> it went black and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I do funny things like that where I put you on screen all by yourself. <laughs> but go ahead. No, I actually, I'm, I'm from a long line of school teachers from my dad and my mom, actually down in Orange County. So I'm kind of down in your area. And I grew up in the school system and absolutely loved, thrived in it, actually, and loved it. And my grandparents were teachers as well, long line of educators. And I actually had, uh, was very excited to carry on that tradition with my kids and was excited to walk them hand in hand to school. And uh, somewhere along the road, I discovered that schools had changed a little bit. And uh, when I went to take my three kids into school, um, 
I realized I had to do something different. And I actually home educated all three of my kids, which wasn't my plan. I was very disappointed in what was happening in the school. So I had to take a different route, which uh, ended up working really well for us. And uh, so that's that's kind of what happened to me as a parent, because you were talking about being a parent yourself with your kids in the school district. And mm-hmm. you, you just assume that it's the same as it's always been. You know, it's it's uh, reading, writing, arithmetic, and it's, uh, you know, glue, paste, and crayons, and uh, lots of loving, nurturing stuff on the family and lots of parent involvement. And um, academics have left the building, and with it, families have been pushed out as well. What was the what was one of the first things that uh, caught your attention that you said, wait, this doesn't sound right. Do you remember what that was? Yes, I actually had when the kids were very young, I had a mentor. I really got into early childhood development, brain development, and I discovered that there may be some hiccups with going to public school. So my mentor said, go interview the principal of the school that you're looking at and you'll know after 30 minutes and how he answers questions if you want to send your kids there. So I went in with some of my questions, and after about 10 minutes, I realized it wasn't going to meet the needs of my family. And one of the big flags was he did want to show me the classrooms. He said it would be disruptive to have me walk through the classrooms, and I thought that's interesting because it was an elementary school, and the last thing little kids would be disrupted by is is a fellow mom walking through a classroom, an open classroom, might I add. Uh, That was a flag. Um, and lots of rewards were being presented as a way to inspire children to perform, which was problematic for me being from the Alfie Cohn um, punishment by rewards uh, belief that uh, mm. learning is intrinsic and not so much extrinsic. So that was a big part of making that decision. So let me, um, uh, oh, that's so interesting because it, it First, I'll tell you, I, I've been training dogs for you know, 30 years. That, that's one of my main businesses. I've trained police dogs. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, some of the hardest people to train are police officers. So I've been in that business for many years. I've trained a lot of pet dogs, also uh, grew a, a really large uh, pet dog training company. The reason I bring that up is because when I first got, got, got started in this business is that one of the leading trainers in our area here in Southern California and actually the Western United States what was interesting is that you bring this up, this, 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 this important thing, is that he would not allow people to watch training. Any, and so this, thing, this, uh, this facility ran along the 10 freeway out there in Riverside, and sometimes people would pull to the side of the road and stop and look, and then if that happened, he would stop training because mm-hmm. he didn't want to see how people saw him training dogs. One of the reasons was he used cattle prods. Uh, oh, he yeah. hit dogs with sticks, and he did a, a lot of things that obviously people should not see or should not it should not be done what are you suggesting (laughs) it should not be done well i'm just saying when somebody and so i this would then this kind of this concept kind of carried on when i would it was going through the business i would ask to hey can i come and watch your training and they said no you can't see what we do and they would pretend like well we have some proprietary training like what what's new in dog training a leash and a collar and some treats i mean what do you what do you mean you got some proprietary training well what they were afraid of was to see how they didn't train or how their training was harsh or unreasonable. And not to say that your, these, these people were beating your kids, but what is it that they really didn't want you to see? What, what is it? What is it? They don't want to hear what's being taught. There's something wrong when somebody does not allow you to see what's being done. 
contrast that with our training and i'm just going to go and say what i what i what i did instead was that i was proud to have people come watch what i did they could see that i wasn't using harsh methods they could see you know the process of training was to to motivate the dog not denigrate the dog not harm the dog and um, i would have people come from all over the place and watch i had people travel from japan by busloads to come watch our dog training and um, it's so interesting you bring that up and i'm sorry to go on that whole thing but that's really important no, that's, that's really so important. I mean, yeah. you have you have no problem with people um, seeing what you're doing. It should be total total transparency. In fact, yeah. one of the suggestions for total transparency in the classroom is why not have cameras in the classroom so that parents can zoom in and see what's going on. And yeah. and the thought, you know, you you get this. Oh, are you? Oh, that would just be too intrusive. And I'm thinking that. <laughs> This is my child. There's nothing more valuable than this child. And a teacher should be more than happy to display the inspiration he or she is offering to your children. So absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you said that, too, because that's exactly one of the things I bring up almost every school board meeting is that I go one of these days, I'm going to get these cameras inside the classroom. And uh, it's hard for them to battle me because I was a police officer 21 years and we have cameras inside our patrol cars. we got cameras on our bodies. We have cameras in the back seat so you can see what's going on. Um, and, you know, our whole life is out there. You know, they, you know the That's entire right. 12 and a half hour shift, everything we say is being recorded. So to tell me that you, we can't record what's happening in the classroom, why not? Why can't we record? Well, privacy. Right. Well, and, and these are, we aren't asking to take... Um, having the cameras look on someone that might be breaking the law or being pulled over or, or whatnot. These are children who are vulnerable, who are there just to be these sponges. So whatever you tell them becomes their new truth and their new culture. And, and therefore um, we should be protecting them more than anyone in society. That's another thought. So instead of classroom cameras, you maybe body cams on the teachers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Yeah, we may be able to come up to some compromises uh, instead. Uh, so we, we're going to go for cameras everywhere inside the classroom. But yeah. let's at least, you know, but, uh, you know, we'll settle for just having them, you know, a, a, a view from the back yeah, of the classroom. Yeah, I was just kidding about the body cams. I'm sure yeah. that's no, that, that that's a good idea. taken and like spread all over the place that I want body cams on. <laughs> no. No. All no. right. <laughs> so um, now the one similar thing is there, how I got started with uh, the school board and speaking at the school board and helping people get elected is that I attended a rally uh, out here in Yorba Linda, California. It was a, a, a patriotic uh, rally and met a couple of people that were interested in running for school board. I met uh, a person by the name of Leander Blades who end, we ended up getting elected here in Placentia, Yorba Linda. And uh, that's where I now I really started to learn because now I got I got to hear what Leander had to say, what was going on, and Sean Youngblood, who was another person we were able to get elected, in addition to now showing up at school board meetings. But for me, it started a rally. Uh, and so I think that that's pretty similar to how you got started. Yeah, I heard that some mama bears, actually it wasn't just mamas, that were out and were really upset about the mandates. And they didn't know where to turn, so they thought we would. it was uh, actually in, in L.A. County for a small Catholic school and they all gathered and there was lots of press over it because it was one of the first rallies in the area over the mandates. And I decided to go and I just wanted to meet people and see what was going on. And I was asked to, if I would speak and the papers were taking interviews from me and all of a sudden mama bears kind of grew. And we all know what a mama bear is. It's not something I coined. Um, there's, 
millions of us all throughout the nation, but it was something that definitely stuck from that moment. And it, it hit the newspapers and with all the kids behind me and Mama Bears was born. And since then, it's all the moms coming together in this area. And it's not even just Canal Valley. There's just moms that are needing support because they are not being heard, listened to, taken seriously. Uh, according to the school distri districts, we're all misinformed. And uh, right. that uh, we get a little fatigued at that because when it comes to our kids, there is nothing we won't do for them. And we are willing to show up for them. The mama bears is something that needs to be taken seriously. And I'm very proud of all the moms that have come together to make sure our kids are safe. So what has come out of that, uh, that moment in time at the rally where you said mama bears and it grew, what, what's it grown into and what are you guys doing? Well, first and foremost, we rally quite a bit about whatever mandates are coming down where they're encroaching on our parental rights. And it also has, I've been asked if I would consider running for school board. And uh, that's not something I'd ever, wasn't on my bucket list. I don't know if it ever was on your bucket list. It wasn't on my bucket list. Um, I've, I've been educating groups of people here in Canal Valley for the last couple of decades. And so I've been very D deeply entrenched in education, but I never thought about the school board. So when I was asked to think about it, I had to take a deep dive. And what's nice, Andy, about being on this side of my, my kids have launched is I have time. I don't have practices to drive them to anymore. My kids have to college playing football. He can drive himself now. But what this affords me to do is I can really go in and spend a lot of time uncovering the stuff that oftentimes moms with younger kids don't have time to uncover. And I've uncovered, I have I know what to look for, first of all, but I've uncovered a lot of stuff that's going on. And I when I when I think of um, it's kind of like a cancer and we're at stage four here in California. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it. And we need to extract it at its core. And I've found many identifying markers for where it started and where we need to extract it. And that first comes with making sure we get the right people on your local school boards. They're the ones that decide what gets in front of your kids. Yeah, they're the ones that decide who gets hired at the schools. There's so much power in that seat and no one really pays attention to it. I know I never did. I asked, nope. I was, I'll just I'll say one thing and then I'll stop. I was in a group of moms and I said, I want everyone to just be honest with me. How do you decide what school board trustee to vote for? And we all agreed it's for whoever it's name recognition. So when you go to mark on the ballot, you go either, oh, let's see. Um, Falco's a nice last name. I think I'll vote for him. Or I think I saw that sign in my, in my neighbor's yard. It was Smith. Yeah, that, I'm sure that person's nice. Oh, she has a nice smile. That is how we vote for school board because mm -hmm. we just don't take it that seriously. We just fill in a bubble. And we learned something different this year, didn't we? Yes, we did. We did. And so people are paying it. I hope people are paying attention because that is really where, the, where it happens. It can be good or it can be very, very bad. We have to pay attention. Yes. I, I admit all the time that I'm one of those people that voted for the incumbent. Because I assumed if everything seemed to be going okay, I might as well vote for the people that have been doing the job that I thought they were doing okay. 
<laughs> so, but uh, I, did, I didn't know. I didn't know. So I voted for the very people right now that I'm going, oh my gosh, you are such an incompetent human being. That right? I think I, I think I voted Tony Thurmond. I, and I'm just now, as I did a deep dive on Tony Thurmond, who's, a, who's the California superintendent of uh-huh. school of education. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I've learned my lesson, and um, and, and that's been, <laughs> yeah. been for decades. Uh, and just to kind of talk about what you were talking about, I'm a retired police officer, but I do, I have, my, I'm self-employed and do some other stuff. But no, I, did, I never had any intention of being as, this involved in school boards. Uh, the, the school board member that's in my region here is is one of the people that is doing a, a great job. So I'm, I'm not running because um, he's doing fantastic which leaves me to be able to do these shows and to support them the best that I can and to be the president of the California Parent Alliance. So, but just that takes time because um, what I tell people all the time is that, uh, well, more recently is that even though the masks are getting lifted or at least they, they say they are, we all will, I'll wait and see when that happens on, on March. Well, March 12th is a Saturday, so we won't see what happens until March 14th. Yeah. But, uh, but that's such that that's so not, the biggest issue. Um, it's, it's a big issue to many, but it's, it's nothing compared to the other stuff that needs to happen in the schools. And so I just want to talk about you with your thoughts about running for school board. What, what is your thoughts on, on what's important? I mean, I know that's a really big question, but right now what's important to you as far as if, if you're going to be running for school board, what you're going to be running on as far as your platform. It is a big question because there's a lot of stuff to tackle. The masks, because they've kind of, you know, as you said, they're kind of letting go of the masks. But if you aren't paying attention to the bed bills coming from Sacramento, that has to be first and foremost what you're looking at that SB uh, 866 and 871. And there's, there's, there's a bunch of them, but those are the first two I'm thinking of right now because they're going to a committee. But uh, though, and the reason people don't pay attention to them is it's far away. It's Sacramento. What am I, and what can I do? You know? So everyone doesn't pay attention, but come November, if they pass, your 12 year old will decide what shot they get. And I don't know many 12 year olds are calling up the doctor and making appointments with the doctor on their own because they shouldn't be making those decisions on their own. But if Senator Pan pushes through his bill, anyone over 12 can decide what injections that they get. So that's pretty frightening. And um, those are the things we need to pay attention to. So, And so their plan is to bring the shots to the schools. Oh, right? that's already that's already happening. Yeah. That's already in place. They're all ready to make that happen. Um, so obviously the shots and taking away parental rights in for at a state level, they're completely decimating our rights. So everyone was upset about the mandates. But as soon as they put the COVID injections on the shot list, parents don't have any more right against that COVID shot that they have been upset about since the beginning of this pandemic. That choice is gone. Right. And there's no repercussions for the pharmaceutical companies. So if your kid has problems, sorry. Yeah. That's, that's not going to be okay. That's going to be gone in the fall if those push through. So everyone that's upset about them because the masks were easy, because the, the masks were easy to fight because it came to their front door. And anytime it comes closer and closer and closer, you then start pushing back. But these bills are just kind of like out here in the ether and, and everyone's thinking someone out there will make them not happen. Mm-hmm. That somebody is, is us. 
and we have right. to fight it. And there's things that we can do, action items. And, and when we do our, um, we'll have lots of action items at your event so that people walk away knowing what the problem is and knowing how to be active so that we can stop it. Cause that's really important because we can conceptualize all day long, but if you don't exactly leave knowing what you need to do to make it better, then how can you feel good about it? Right? Yeah. Well, so two things, two things really quick. If I can step on, step on what you're gonna, about ready to say, uh, but uh, pharmaceutical companies have um, qualified immunity from uh, any injury that comes from uh, the shot uh, of any sort, which is ridiculous. Um, but then, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I'm a business owner, yeah. and if I have no liability for whatever I put out, why? Yeah, that's the problematic on like just a principle. And uh, for some reason, we just we think that's okay. That's okay. It's it makes it, yeah. It, it makes no, especially on a on a drug that's not been fully uh, uh, tested. Um, has does not have the the time being used out to to be able to even make any decisions whether it's safe or not. It's a, it's this is. We are living in just really ridiculous times. Um, yes, and- we are. So that just brings us to the next thing is um, the curriculum issue with critical theory is permeated all of the education. We are, And I'm going to bring up Tony Thurman again because he's the one that's bringing it from up here and it's going down to our area superintendents, which is going down to our superintendents, which is going to our board of trustees, which is going to the teachers. And they're cutting out the parents, right? Parents yeah. are even part of it. And it's going right into the classroom. And that critical theory is is probably, they're just trying to completely dismantle family and any kind of American values we have. And that is very problematic. And it's very hard to help people understand what it is because that's part of it is to twist and turn and spin and make it as difficult as possible to understand. And when you try to understand or try to fight it, the pushback is you just don't get it. You're racist. So that's the... Uh, the drum beat um, yep. that I hear all the time when you when you try to go up against it. So that's in our curriculum. Um, we also have a sex ed curriculum that is destroying the innocence of our children. That is part of the CRT, even though it's seen as separate. It's not separate. It's, it's all one big umbrella. And underneath it is the social, emotional learning and the diversity, inclusion, equity and um, that is all part of CRT, and it's just to completely dismantle the family unit in this country. And we have to address that really fast. It's already there. All the teachers are being trained. That, and the, the most uh, awful thing is that the parents can't see it. So the superintendents are saying, it's not there, smoke and mirrors. Right. It's not there. It's not there. You're going to find it. If you can find it, tell me. Our superintendent has said that. If you can find it, let me know. And so what they've done is they are sending these teachers to um, weekend long conferences where they learn how to teach it in a certain modality. So you won't get the piece of paper coming home because your child is furnished with movies, with different kind of literature, and also with links that they can go to while they're in the classroom and discussions that they can have that will mold them in a certain way. Those things don't come home. So you don't have any proof and you can't go into the classroom, especially with the masks and the, the shots and such. Parents weren't allowed into the classrooms for quite a long time for the last right. year. So you can see the problem. Yeah, you got all these online training programs, too, that they have in the school, uh, in the classrooms. The iReady is one of the most common ones. But yeah. 
and there's like, I don't know, there's five or six other companies that I know our school district has, uh, you know, has us paying upwards up to a hundred thousand dollars, uh, for these programs. And, uh, I've been able to go in research along with some other people to find, you know, CRT and DEI training within those programs. Mm. Uh, like you said, they're just, they're like part of a math equation. They're part of a language, uh, yeah. you know, problem, but they're part of, uh, you know, whatever, whatever they can squeeze it into any yeah. lesson they make. Yeah. Um, uh, those, that subject matter part of it, which is again, hidden from parents and we may not ever see it if we, if we weren't now starting to get involved and, and people like you weren't uh, doing the work, uh, for some of the parents to to be able to identify that stuff going on. Yeah. You, what you really need to do, Andy, and what most people won't do. And I just started doing since I was taking my deep dive is you go to board meetings, you get the agenda and then you open up that little piece of paper, you know, that goes deep into each agenda item. And then you start pulling it apart and it takes a long time. Yes. Uh, the, the people are running for, for parents right now for our CVUSD school board. We actually spend the whole week before the school board, we will sit there and we will dissect every single thing. And the stuff that we unearth, you wouldn't have time. A parent wouldn't have time to find out why we're approving a $12,000 budget for a two day zoom class for teachers. Well, what is that? And it'll just say ABC company. And you're like, well, what's ABC company? Okay. Do 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 ABC company. Okay. Then you find out what ABC company is. Okay. Who owns it? Da, da, da. Um, what's the material? Where did they come from? I mean, you have to like go down this rabbit hole, which takes hours, yep. which I actually really enjoy because <laughs> I, I should have been detective in my, in my prior life. But I, I like to um, find out the truth of things. And it's so buried. There's no way parents can, to, can know. So when you are going to elect your next school board um, trustee that speaks for you, you want someone that's going to dissect with, with those agenda items and do the work. And see, Andy, this is the problem. School board members make, what, $500 a month? It's like a volunteer position. Right. You're not making big bucks. You don't. The big bucks happens at the um, superintendent of schools at the county level. He's making three hundred thousand dollars a year. My superintendent's making over three hundred dollars, three hundred thousand dollars a year. My his assistants are make almost three hundred thousand dollars a year. So there's lots of money, but not for the school board. So if I'm making five hundred dollars a month. Why not just dial it in, show up for the board meetings, do like this when the superintendent wants me to, and let him run the show. That's what's happened at CVUSD. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And there's not there's not research going on on those line items. It's um, and when yep. we bring it up no. at board meetings, we get this. Yeah, the first one I showed up to, uh, my wife and I showed up to. They had somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty to forty uh, line items in the in that part of the program. And they were going to vote all of them in at the same time. And oh, yeah. we're going, it's called a consent agenda. It's, it's, yeah, consent agenda. And they, yeah. go, and they go, well, let's just let's just all vote yes on all these things. And I'm, yeah. I'm going, what? All wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. All at once, it was something like, I don't, I mean, it could have been somewhere in the neighborhood of like 500 grand that was going to cost us for voting yes or no on all these things. That's well, right. what is this? What's number 15? What is this all about? What is, what is number 20? And, and, and that's, we got uh, Leander Blades in there as our school board uh, and Sean Youngblood. And they said, okay, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to look at this item. We're going to look at this item. 
one of the items was a gentleman that they were going to have speak at one of our schools for $60,000 for one assembly. When you go into his Instagram, he's a Black Lives Matter um, uh, supporter who believes that the nuclear family must be dismantled along with law enforcement must be dismantled. And we were going to pay, we were about ready to say yes to 60 grand to have this guy go teach our kids um, so that they could go on his social media and, um, and follow all of his nonsense in regard to dismantling uh, law enforcement and uh, the nuclear family. Yeah. So I agree this. This isn't just happening in Canelo Valley. This oh, is no, not no, happening in the school district. This it's happening everywhere. everywhere. We, this yeah. is everywhere. Maybe less in other parts of the country, definitely all throughout California. But it, it, whatever happens here, we are the model for what will roll across the nation. And so everyone needs to be paying attention. And, you know, we, we are the front lines and we have to hold the line or um, this is going to roll out everywhere. And we can't let that happen. And, right. uh, you know, it's really important to choose your your board of trustees that really um, having someone that we have someone running for CBUSD. Um, she's actually going to be at the event. Her name is Karen Meyer, and she um, she used to work for the district. So she knows where the bodies are buried. <laughs> that's awesome hey real quick uh, say that that's just you know I yeah i got you i got you but yeah uh, real quick does. we're uh, we're broadcasting live on four different facebook channels on youtube twitter and rumble um but this also goes out as an audio podcast uh, on all the places you can find audio podcasts where it's spotify or iHeartRadio, what have you uh but uh what you do need to do is go to californiaparentalliance.org and at the top of the menu you can find the podcast there so that'd be a great place for you to go and then register for the newsletter while you're there uh, if you're watching live right now make sure in comments and let us know if you've seen some of the things that we're talking about or if you have any questions for joelle uh, maybe you're in the conejo valley uh, unified school district and want to know how you can help her when she does decide whether she's going to run for school board um, or not. Uh, I know we have to kind of not say anything yet because there's some things that have to happen officially before you can say you're running. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. And and there's three seats that are open and we need to get three seat, three common sense board members in there that are willing to do the hard decisions and to make sure that uh, we're, we're responsible about what we're doing for families. And also just the, the waste, the, the money that just goes through, you know, this whole COVID um, with the ESSER funds uh, being pumped by the millions into uh, Canelo Valley, I believe it was 19 million. It was very high numbers and um, it's a money grab. I mean, all these training companies are coming in and just grabbing that money. And you really have to look into who these companies are, who's running them, where they come from, what their agenda is. Um, you have to know what's going on because when that much money is thrown into the pool, right. people jump in and just start grabbing. And you know that there's, uh, you know, there's people that are, that are benefiting somehow, uh, whether it's the teachers unions or the <laughs> superintendents, cause we have a number of superintendents, uh, that show up, right? We have the, the main superintendent and we have all the other little superintendents, like the, you know, the grading superintendent. I'm not sure what all their names are. You know, um, what, the, you know what they're doing, Andy? Those assistants are doing grants. Hmm. This is something that I've discovered. They're writing grants. You know why? Because there's money out there that that like big tobacco, the big corporations, they provide these million dollar grants that if you get your assistant superintendent to write these grants, they get more money uh, put into the schools. And all they have to do is, is they have to get in front of your child. Hmm. And, in, and I'll just tell you this, in CBUSD, they the children are required they can opt out 
but I have to tell you that system's not very tight. Uh, they opt, the parents have to opt out. 135 question survey that asks questions, asks many questions, but um, 45 of the questions are about, hey, is your parent home when you get home? When last did you do drugs? When last have you been drunk? Uh, they ask them uh, sexual questions and all that information is going to, hmm, where a third party that happens, this particular one is connected to back to tobacco money. And that all is furnished because someone in our school district administration is writing up that grant and getting that money and selling our kids information to them. That's how I see it. Yeah, they, they, sure, they fight way too hard uh, for this nonsense. And you just go, what? why don't you fight this hard to, to, to educate your teachers how to teach children how to count and to read and how to think, not what to think, but how to think. Uh, critical, uh, not, not critical race theory, but critical thinking. How about that? <laughs> how, about, how about something, uh, something that they could use later on in life? Um, yeah, we ranked 25th by in the world, in the world for math, 25th. We yeah. used to be number one and now we're 25th because we aren't teaching math anymore. We've taken, um, we've politicized it and taken social justice and CRT and we've, we've, we've actually have it in our STEM programs. And it's, uh, we, we just aren't teaching the basics anymore. Our kids are, are being dumbed down and it's yep. got to stop. Yep, lowering grading standards so more kids can graduate that don't know how to read or don't know how to Oh, do they're math. trying to get rid of grades. Because yeah. grades, grades are racist. Yes, yes. It's really so that incompetent teachers can continue to teach because, uh, you know, that's, that's an additional thing. In, in law enforcement, what they do is they change some of the ways that uh, they um, stat, you know, um, certain crimes. And then suddenly they go, oh, look, at crime went down. No, you stop charging people for, for theft. You stop charging people for rape. You stop charging. That's, it, the crime didn't go away just because of, uh, you know, the weather got better. It's because you changed the way that you are grading crime. If you change the way you're grading children so that you can have a higher graduation standard, that is not educating our kids. That is, like you said, dumbing down our kids. And that's one of the things. Yeah, they're, they're trying to usher them all off into college and um, where they can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on further education because it's part of the machine. And, you know, a lot of the kids shouldn't be college bound. A lot of kids want to work with their hands. They want to start businesses. They want to do what I call manual arts which is anything that's manual labor. We need a lot of those kind of workers in, in the workforce. Not everyone should be going to university. And but that's where everyone's pumped into. As soon as you become a junior in high school, it's just like everyone's college bound so that you can in four years come out six figures in debt and start life on that happy note. And uh, yes. you know that's just part of the, the money mantra, the, so the whole cycle. One, th one thing we got to address, and it just comes up because it's important, and that has to do with these gender issues that keep uh, coming up, where you have uh, boys and men competing against girls. Uh, we have here in our school district, we have uh, boys that are saying that they're, they're, they're dressed and look as boys, but they go into the girls' restroom, and then they go inside there, and they say, well, no, I'm identifying as a girl. And they're going to the bathroom inside the women's, in the girls' bathrooms. And the teachers and the principal say they can't do anything about it. Um, I mean, and we, I hear some schools are even putting like uh, litter boxes because some people, some children are identifying as furries. Oh, and, no. um, I it, have not heard that. Yes. Yes. That is how I've got a report from somebody uh, that that's happening here in California. 
at a, not only one school, but a couple schools. Oh, you're going to have to give me the, the show notes on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, one of my discussions that I just had last night with a school board member, as a matter of fact, is I said, because what ended up happening here is that a complaining mother of a daughter of, uh, of a, who was a victim of this, uh, she was in the bathroom and in walks a boy and he says, don't worry, I'm gay or don't worry, don't worry, I'm bi, I think is what he said. Uh, and then the school said they couldn't do anything about it. And they said, well, then if she feels uncomfortable, she should go to the, um, the teacher's lounge and go to the bathroom there where they have gender neutral restrooms. And uh, we go, why does she need to go into the gender, gender neutral restrooms um, when she's identifying and is a girl <laughs> and is in the girl's restroom? Shouldn't the transgender or the people identified as whatever they're saying, shouldn't they be the ones that are using the teachers uh, lounge restrooms. If, the, if this is something they insist on going through, but when you bring these things up, they of course want to attack us for being homophobic or racist yeah. and all these types of things. Yeah, um, that's, it's, really... it's, the old, it's the old ad hominem uh, yes. attack, right? So if they can't argue their point or discuss their point critically, then they're just going to attack your character. And it's used every time you, you almost can like count to three and, and you know, it's coming next. Because there's no defense against what you're talking about. They're just like, you're racist. <laughs> you're the wrong color. You're racist. Just really quick, I want to bring up this comment by Janet. Janet says, um, my college-level daughter played a basketball team um, for finals last night where their main player was a man with a penis. How is that okay? The other team won because of this masculine, his masculine abilities. Women do not have testosterone. This needs to stop. The tolerance for this is not okay. It is not racist or homophobic to not want a man to play against your daughter who has worked her ass off to get where she is. Amen, Janet. Um, yeah. Not to mention the size of the hands to be able to palm the basketball, not to mention, you know, to be the, the oh, physical yeah, strength. Even, yes. if, even if the hormones, let's say the hormones, you know, they have the hormones because that's usually the excuse. Is they're the same as the girls because they take the hormones, but they aren't. They have more muscle mass. They have uh, had years of the hormones coursing through their body. They have uh, biomechanically different uh, size levers. So they're going to have more power and strength. I mean, we see that with the swimmer that's breaking all these records and um, in the Olympics, the, the, the trans swimmer, um, even though he's been taking estrogen, it, he still is going to have an advantage. And what happened to the Me, Me Too movement? Right. Wasn't it a couple of years ago that we were, we're all pounding our fists, Me Too, and women are being marginalized, and oh my gosh, women, women, we, we are... We Equal are pay. And then all of a sudden, it's like, uh, yeah, you need to use the, the other bathroom because... Yeah. Yeah, because we need yeah. men that you need to use the re the women's restroom. No more me too. That that was like a blink and gone. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, I mean, that was probably the most shocking thing is that wait a minute, you had all these women screaming for equality and all this kind of stuff, and now you're you are you're okay. You're okay yeah. with this, and they 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 seemingly are somehow. Yeah, and we're yeah. the ones that are crazy. Andy, I also wanted to, to bring up that the um, our schools here in CBUSD is not welcoming the police department into the schools to do their normal outreach. They just do. And you know what their excuse was? There's just not enough time. Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, maybe if you did a little, a little less social emotional learning, which is just an offshoot of 
CRT and, and brought in our law enforcement, that would really help the kids um, really understand how law enforcement works with the community to keep everyone safe. And um, it's, it's really unfortunate to see that happening. And another, just another characteristic of why we need to get these school districts in shape. And what I know is with where law enforcement officers live, like here in Orange County, where I live, there's a lot of law enforcement officers that live here. And our kids, you know, mine being included, I have five kids in two in elementary, one in junior high and one in two in high school. Um, and uh, along with other law enforcement officers, kids, and they're being told that their parents are evil um, killers of black men is what they're being told. My son has been told that a couple of times that, uh, well, your dad's one of those cops that kills black people. And he like looks at him like, what are you crazy? What are you talking about? And I, and I would, I would venture to say Canelo Valley, a lot of LAPD, LA County Sheriff officers probably live somewhere near there or in some of those areas that their kids are also. Statistically, that's just untrue. So that's just propaganda that's being passed on. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And so not having them in the schools, uh, you know, well, why, you know, they, you know, they, they wouldn't even let them wear the, I can't think of the flag, the uh, blue lives matter flag is what we, we tend to call it, but there's, there's another name for it. Um, but just continue to say that the, you know, cops are evil and, and bad. You can't trust them. And yeah. And then we wonder what, you know, we have unsafe neighborhoods. I know Los Angeles has seen such a huge um, crime increase. We're seeing it here too. And we wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> So we, uh, we're getting towards the end here, and I just want to make sure and address anything uh, that you think it's important going forward. Um, we do have our event on March 14th. You'll be speaking there. Uh, yes. up, uh, 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 some, some very important information that people will need to attend. Uh, one more thing before I give you the last word is I want you to understand that one of the most important things that we want to do here at California Parent Alliance, and I'm sure Mama Bears too, is that we just don't want to tell you what's, that it's bad. Like you know, right. CRT is bad. DEI is bad. Right. Um, you know, men competing with girls is bad. We, we want to give you the alternatives and what it is that we can do instead. Um, and there's uh, many things that we're going to be putting together at this program on the 14th is give you some tools moving forward that can help you have success That's right. in changing these things that are going on in our schools. Just going there and yelling and screaming is not going to get it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, that going there with solid information, which I, I have done. I've, I've always emailed my supporting information to what it is I'm going to talk about. So that when they when I'm speaking, nobody can say, oh, you made this stuff up or there's no science to what you're saying or there's no research. No, I do the research. I do. I find the science and I send it in and talk. But I want we want to give you guys the tools, too. So with that being said, Joel, um, what is it you want to say about, you know, moving forward with your your possible uh, running for school board or even for mama bears that you would like people to know before we sign off? Well, I, th- I think um, all the families need to realize there that the especially here, and I'm, I'm sure it's with other districts, but I know with my own, is that the, the teachers unions have come in with six figures during these races, and they make sure that they put their candidates in office. And they just do it through pouring hundreds of thousands of dollars into the, a local race where parents like myself, who are doing all of it grassroots, we have to be able to have a reach out there as opposed to, we're not going to be running full page color ads in the newspaper because they're really expensive. We're, we have signs that we print up and we'll put into yards that there's actually a concerted effort and teams of people from 
uh, the other side that will go in and collect all of our signs and throw them away. This is this is a tactic that happens. And so for us, when you are getting your uh, getting donations to your your campaigns and you're putting it towards marketing, um, it's is very difficult to go up against the unions that are pumping in hundreds of thousands of dollars into the local races. So what people can do is, first of all, they can host meetings at their homes, have coffee meetings where you can talk to candidates and find out what's going on at the school and what they would do for your family, whether or not you want them to speak for you. You won't know that until you meet the candidates. So have events there, talk to people, start gathering get on mailing lists so that you can start chatting with everybody because COVID, one thing COVID is it separated all of us. And we became these little islands and that is, that is part of the dismantling is to isolate. And so when you isolate, nobody's talking. And so when people finally came together, we were so uh, divided in what our ideas were and how to move forward that everyone's still not quite talking and then school board meetings were on Zoom, so there was even more of a disconnect. So get with people. And if you find someone that speaks your voice, get behind them, lock arms, and make sure that you talk to people about getting them into office. That, that is just probably the biggest thing is to get involved. Um, because people like myself who are looking to run for these races, we'll do the heavy lifting, and I'll tell you everything that's going on. I'll pull back the curtain for you. And then you decide who you want speaking for you. And you just have to be involved that way. Yeah, you'll be shocked, those of you watching. about yeah. If you've not been involved lately, I know I have a lot of viewers. They've been showing up at the school board meetings with me. And they're no longer shocked. As a matter of yeah. fact, they're shocked if nothing horrible happens at a school board meeting. but uh, Or yeah. comes up at a school board meeting. Yeah, and, um, and gather. You know what? A lot of the best movements freedom movements in this country is just by someone that goes, what can I do? And they start a telegram page. Yeah. And all of a sudden you've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and starts movements. And that's just what we all need to do. So mama bears on telegrams, mama bears on, on um, Facebook and Instagram. And we just start gathering and, and talking and being moms and, and dads. Papa yes. bears are there too, but it's not as catchy <laughs> as mama bears. So. Sorry, yeah. Andy. That, that's why we that's why we created this this logo right here is because it has the dad in the background and the mom and then the kids. So we, we included dad in our logo. Uh, just real quick, I just want to remind you again, we have a Stay Fearless School Board event, which is happening March 14th in Westlake Village at Novo Cafe. You got to be there, even if it's a little bit of a drive. It's worth it. I know I have lots of people from Orange County coming down there. Um, and yeah. so we'll be speaking about all the information that we talked about right now. And then again, we'll give you some action uh, steps that you can take uh, moving yeah, thank forward. Thank you so much for putting it on. I'm really excited to get out there and get some of this information out. So just parents can be more aware of what's going on. Me too. So again, I'm just going to say it one more time, March 14th, seven o'clock, uh, Westlake village out at Novo cafe, make sure and be there and, um, and bring somebody with you. Bring, I, like I, like I tell people at the school board, uh, for a school board meeting, um, uh, Tuesday the 8th is the one for Placentia Urban School District. I, unfortunately, am going to be in another state. For the first time, I'm going to miss a school board meeting in something like two years. Um, but uh, make sure you're there. And when you go, take five people with you. Bring your neighbors. The schools affect the community. The children that are graduating or appearing to graduate with, with very little skill is going to affect your community. Uh, it's going to affect your community and the world around us. 
And so you need to be involved at the school. You don't need a kid that goes to the school to go. You need to go and find out what's happening in your schools and your school boards. And you need to fight uh, for the things that are right and more morally correct and morally right. Yeah, good, good schools um, keep your home values up. So even if you're like, yeah, I don't have a kid in the yes. district. If you live in I gotta, that district. I got to <laughs> add that to my uh, important points. That's very it's good. True. It's true. <laughs> Everyone needs to care. And you know what? All those little kids that are being indoctrinated into whatever they're putting in front of them, they're your future leaders. Those teachers and the administrators there now that are putting this stuff out, they attended public school, got their indoctrination, went to university, got their more indoctrination, and now they're back to take control of your children. It's a cycle. So we have to break the cycle, guys, and we have to get back to academics. That's awesome. Well said. All right, Joelle, thank you very much for joining me on the show. And I'm looking forward to seeing you on March 14th. Yeah. All right, my friends, if you're watching the replay, make sure and comment and let us know what you think. That way we can stay up with what's going on uh, with what's going on with you guys. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. There was a couple comments I want to quick uh, get to really quick. I'm so sorry. Uh, one was uh, Janet. She said, uh, thank you for all the work that you guys do. California especially is going to uh, in a really negative direction right now. We need all of the help we can get from advocates like you guys. Thank you so much. And you can because be an advocate more, too. There's more mama and papa bears than anyone making the decisions. There, there's so many yeah. of us. We're get, yeah. we're gonna get this handled. My friend Susan says, "Well said. I could not agree more with what you were saying earlier. So great job." And she said, "Great job." All right, now that's it for sure. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure and get those comments in. But make sure if you're uh, watching the replay that you comment uh, again so we can see what's what's on your mind and how we can help you. All right, Thanks. my friends. Love you guys. God bless. We'll Thank see you later. You. Thank you, Joel. Thank you.